recommend. Cool. Always progress, progress, progress. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks for convening. We're underway. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Mike, good to see you. Good, good to see you, man. from Chicago. Yeah, it's always cool. David, I can't believe you're actually in Pittsburgh for more than one or two days in a row. <laughs> I made a quick trip for this one. That's well, I appreciate that very much. And you, I always see you. I'm always here. Always, so. a, always a pleasure. <laughs> always. Gentlemen, uh, you know, we've all talked about different subjects on this show. Uh, last time Mike was on, as a matter of fact, we went down the rabbit hole and talking about things like honor and um, chivalry and things like that with mm-hmm. excellent conversation. This one might take the entire show. I'd like to talk about the concept, which you shouldn't even call it a concept, but we have to today in 2023. Let's just talk about honesty mm-hmm. and where that sits today in our society. Business, okay. personal, philosophically, psychology, however we want to go. The reason I want to say this is that just through looking uh, at my own life and the way my career has unfolded and looking back into my past, I'm sure you all can do this too. Ethics is probably too broad of a term, but the way that we deal with other humans, to me, has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And I now am at a point that no matter how optimistic I tend to be, I find myself expecting to be lied to all the time. And I don't like to maneuver that way, but I'm kind of I'm kind of there, and that's not who I used to be. And I think I wasn't that way in a prior life or prior lives because society was different. Hmm. Maybe I'm all wet, but it seemed like I just expect now to really have the truth or hidden from me um, often, and I expect to have to wade through a lot of stuff to find the truth in people and events and things like that. So I'd like to talk about honesty, what it means to you, where, how much how much of it do you feel is appropriate? Is absolute honesty and truth still possible? Do you know anybody that deals that way? Do you know any firms that impress you with honesty? I just want to open it up to the floor. Uh, and we, go, we tell them like we go round robin yeah, here. So I mean, guess who comes uh, to first, pal? Yeah, well, so... <laughs> So I'll take the take point. I'll the take lawyer. the point you said that you know you expect people to lie to you. I don't expect that. I expect people not to give me the information unless I ask for it. So what I've learned is there's a difference between lying and non-disclosure. I think people are very comfortable not disclosing, right? I don't think people are comfortable as much as you think in just blatantly lying to me. I think people won't tell me things if I don't ask them. I'm a lawyer. I've just learned to ask good questions. So I always, I tend to get to the truth, at least what I believe is the truth, by just asking the right questions. But my my expectation when dealing with people is they're not going to disclose something unless I ask them. They're not going to willingly give me the information I'm looking for or willingly answer the question I need asked or, or, or the information I want unless I ask the right questions. That's how I view it right now. Is that particularly... The business in, personal, in, in the, really? Yeah, I think I think people, really? yeah, I think people okay. have gotten very comfortable because there's so much information out there, right? There's so much on social media. There, there's there's so many things out there that people are very comfortable not disclosing stuff because like, you can just find it online if you're looking for it. Just go figure out what you need to figure out. But I think in business and in personal, like people have to be asked the particular question. Like, I know I do that. Like, if someone doesn't ask me the right question, I'm not going to give them the answer. I, I may know what you're trying to get at. I'm not going to answer your question until you ask me. Hmm. So why would I volunteer more information than I need to? 
And I can understand that in the concept of your work in law. But sure. I mean, do you operate that way in other aspects of your life? It depends. I mean, not necessarily, but if, if I'm trying to think of an example, um, I tend to, and maybe it is across the board, I tend to answer the question asked. Okay. That's how I say that. If you ask me a question, I'll answer the question. But if you don't ask me the next question, I'm not going to answer it. I don't, I don't, because I'm just, that's how my brain works. I'm very to the point. I'm not going to volunteer more information. Would, I'm you, gonna, would you not argue that that's very tactical? That's a very sure. tactical way of doing things. Sure, that's that, how I'm wired. It, of course, and you're also a successful attorney, yeah, so that your, your brain is wired that way. Correct, so I can't turn that off. So even Understood. You know, e- even if you know, any personal relationships, if someone asks me a question, like I'm not going to volunteer them the, the additional information. Just ask me the next question. That's how I look at it. I mean, everybody might look at it differently, but that's my perspective. David? Yeah. Um, th- this one's very important to me, um, just personally going through a lot of stuff. And just how the last seven seven years of building the business and the brand mm-hmm. and how important integrity is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't allow people into my life that I would have to lie to. Um, and I've learned that a lot in the last handful of years is the importance of the people that are around me, if I have to worry about their opinion of what yeah. I say, um, how they're going to react to the way I look at life or the way that I navigate life, then they just don't need to be in my circle in any capacity. Yeah. And that's something that I think has become very powerful because I do think we live in a world where uh, there's a lot of fraud and a lot of BS out there, and um, everybody wants to be something that they're not mm-hmm. uh, to get this validity from strangers, which is just the craziest thing ever. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand why people operate that way because it is hard when you see these things and if you're not in tune with understanding the psychological side of of social media what that Mm -hmm. could do for you perception in the public eye all that Mm -hmm. stuff um but at the end of the day my my biggest thing is like you know i i know i could talk to any of you guys and and i would get a straight answer i know the people that i work with my my, you know Mm -hmm. close people in my life it's not a massive amount of people but it's enough people that I can have good conversations with. Um, I could check in with them about their families, their mm-hmm. friends, what's going on in their world. Um, and I don't, I don't need to even ask questions essentially that need to be lied to. Yeah. Um, now, on the business standpoint <clears throat> of things, I think you have to just look at it a little bit differently. That everybody's always trying to have one up on you or make them feel that they have something more to bring value-wise to mm-hmm. you, which is just part of the game of business in life. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know the initial question about people lying and and i i don't know if it's ever intent to lie i think it's just um i think it's something internally that they have with themselves that they don't have a peace with in some capacity mm-hmm. uh that they're in a certain spot in their life that they're in um, whether it's personally professionally maybe business-wise career-wise they're not where they want to be in comparison to everybody else Uh, again back to the perception of that or maybe it's a personal thing where they've made mistakes in their life or their life may seem like it's in some form of a disarray that they have to compensate or overcompensate to try to make sure they fit into some form of equation Uh, and mike said it earlier about just at the end of the day like 
being happy in your own truth is the biggest thing and the most important thing. And I've kind of lived my life and operated that way for the last seven or eight years, which I think for five years, we didn't do any marketing with our business at all. It was just word of mouth. So I just believe in honesty, integrity, doing what's right, treating people with respect and working hard. And I think if you do those things, you naturally gravitate towards a lot of people that operate life the same way. Because I do think there are a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. Repeat the question. <laughs> He's old. He forgets things. I guess we're opening it up, generally speaking, about honesty. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting. You know, the first the question. I don't want to be too ethereal, but what is honesty? Right? Well, we need that. Let's do that. That was so, the question I was going to ask. Yeah. What is honesty? And 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 the thing is, you know, one of the things I think we got to look at. You know, we just went through a global shit show for three years maybe oh, we're at the, are we out of it no i don't know but but you know i i think we we're, tr- we're trying to we're in this quest to get back to normal right mm-hmm. well that that ship sailed the, the the ball games have changed the rules are changed all the old rules don't apply and part of what happened and this is that chart i have all the mm-hmm. time yeah. girl, what's happened you know we we, we discount the the impact that all this technology and ai and information has on us right plus social media and all this other stuff and the human mind has a, a limited amount of capacity to it. And as human beings, we haven't developed too much more than, than we were 2,000 years ago. So we've got the same brain that the Romans had, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And they had this great republic and all this other stuff, and those were the old rules. So now we're in this thing, and then somewhere, and I'm no assert, and I, I, no one's ever done a study on this, but I'm no assert, somewhere around 2004, 2005 to 2008, in that realm there, we crossed over to the place where everyone is in some type of condition of overstimulus. So we're overwhelmed, right? So when, when people get overwhelmed like that, they're all in survival. So what does it mean to be in survival? It means I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to save my own ass mm-hmm. and screw you, right? Mm-hmm. So when, you know, when something happens and you represent a threat to me, screw you, I'm gonna cover myself, I'm gonna get what's mine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're living in right now. And then you throw in the pandemic where the whole narrative is one of fear and survival and, you know, let's do caution and, you know, we've got to be careful. We're all going to die. And you got Greta Thunberg and the global climate change. We're all going to die. When you keep hearing this message over and over again, plus all this other data, people are definitely going to be in this condition of like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. So when you ask what is the truth, the truth has to be a very personal one. And that's one where people really have to look in the mirror and it's it, and the work never stops. Because if you don't know yourself, you know, mm-hmm. then how do you how do you even know what there is to mm-hmm. to be truthful about? Especially yeah. when there's all this data and information and there's no more object reality out there. So yeah. I get it. Um in dealing with truth, mm-hmm. we're trying to ingest all this information yeah. and determine what is truth and what is not. And all the levels in between, but what about honesty, though? Like we, we're assuming that um, that the information generally that comes our way, you know, we have a choice. Do so we assume that most of it is honest and, and true? It's coming to with coming to us correct and factually based, or do you think most humans are running around today skeptical of everything? Can I ask a question? Sure. So, so I, I think everybody in this room is pretty aware, right? Mm-hmm. And. How often, like when you hear something, like you were talking about earlier, you just knew it was bullshit from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. But we bypass that, that information that we get mm-hmm. because we've got some other agenda. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we let, you know, we let the fox into the hen house because we think there's going to be a bigger payoff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that fundamentally has to change. Mm-hmm. That we got to get really clear on what works and what doesn't work for. That that's his success is based on that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is he's really clear on what works and what doesn't work for him. And if you're NFG, you don't get past go. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's going to be required now because there is no more. Because you don't know what people are going to say. So it's going to be dependent on your own filters. Does that make sense? It does. And, and it makes a lot of sense to me because it kind of dovetails into a lot we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. And to do what Mike is talking about, mm-hmm. Rocco, mm-hmm. it requires more than basic guttural decision-making. Correct. It's yes. next level thinking. Critical, oh, yeah, critical thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if you can qualify for critical. We can't even get like the, the next level. <laughs> Critical's up here. We're just having them think, you know, pause for 20 seconds before you make a decision thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think the, the question about honesty is it, it's, it's a hard one to answer because honesty is a ambiguous term. Subjective, right? It's very subjective yeah. because, you know, what is honest? I mean, you know, if I say... I love your suit, and you say you hate his suit. Those are two honest statements, right? But they're opposite. They're opposites, right? Mm-hmm. They're two opposite statements that are both honest from our perspective. So how do you know? You know, how do you determine? It depends what, on whose honesty it is, too. Right? Well, that's also true. But when you when you ask, like, what, what are people expecting? I think I don't even think people know what honesty is anymore. Yeah, I, I think that's okay. really what it is. I don't. I don't think that. When I just it, think we live in a very subjective where did we, world. When did we lose that? Oh, or where did we lose that? Because I, I can remember a time in my life when I was younger. When I journalism became a young, sensationalism. A younger that's man where I knew what honesty was. Yeah, I mean, I just I just think, again. I did not have sex with that girl. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. That could have yeah, been it. I mean, right? But when you think about that, that's, it, it's, we live in this subjective reality now. Yeah. I mean, you can always find information or a person or a group of people to validate what you think, be it right or wrong. So if I can have a crazy fucking idea and find five people on the internet to validate it, then that's my honest truth from my perspective. To you, you may think you're fucking out of your mind, but to me, I'm not. And that reality probably didn't exist 30 years ago before the (laughs) web, right? Because... You you couldn't act on a whim. It, it was harder thirty years ago mm-hmm. to act on a whim. Sure, right. I mean, but now I, you it's easier to reach more people quickly. You can find a small captive audience that'll agree with your whim, yeah, and you can put it into action. Now there's probably mm-hmm. some advantages to business for that, but probably a lot of disadvantages intellectually, mm-hmm. because that would you not agree would then proliferate. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible term, but misinformation and stupidity. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't reach a big audience before the web. Right. So if you had a stupid idea that was just factually and moronic in nature, most people would assume, you can't run real far with that. You can kind of run a long way with it now. Yeah. (laughs) I I think, you know, and I'm processing this a lot, is the fact that everybody views life so much differently than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I think that, would help in the scheme of things is the acceptance of that which is something that we don't really talk about too often and you don't really see anybody talk about too often like there's four of us in this room all four of us are going to have different thoughts and Mm -hmm. different things that we consider honest on a regular and daily basis Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of my my 
what am I tolerable enough to hear yeah. on your end and your end and your end to want to still associate with people, yes. right? And I think that's the biggest thing that we realize is, you know, even in, especially in business and in that space, like, it's so important to be transparent mm -hmm. because when somebody interprets the way that you make a move in business or even in life in your personal situation, they're, they're, you have to be okay with calling somebody and saying, hey, this is actually what I meant or mm -hmm. a follow-up in some capacity. Like, yeah. hey, I, I don't want you to take offense to this or just wanted to check in. Like, that could be interpreted a couple of different ways. Mm -hmm. And the problem why I think there's so much more hostility out there now is it all goes back to the cell phone and the, the lack of verbal communication. Mm -hmm. We leave yep. so much up for interpretation via text messaging, mm -hmm. Instagram messaging, things of that nature, when the majority of problems that we have in the world could be solved with a simple, hey Rocco, I just wanna let yep. you know, you sent this message to me earlier today, I feel this way about that, yep. can you help me understand that a little bit more? Yes. But the, the human nature for all of us is to go into attack mode and to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so, much, so many mistakes that we make in life by not being willing to go back to the old school way of communication by picking up the phone and having that one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. with someone or seeing somebody in person so you can look them in the eyes. Yep. And I really believe that's where the demise and the changes happen so much is how easy is it to pick up the phone and say, hey, sorry about that, you know, misinterpret yeah. it. But I also, the way I text is different than the way you guys text. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and I don't, I don't know what the real world yeah. is in your, in your space, in your eyes. And uh, I think that's the thing that I'm really starting to process and understand the most is it's, all it comes down to is interpretation and perception. Yeah. And your perception can be so off and so clouded by yeah. not being open-minded to hearing what someone else has to say. Yeah. But can you operate a business today trying to go back to old school communication can you actually do it i mean you, i do it, mm -hmm. well yeah i think you can but i got a small business i mean in, in the sphere that you run yeah. i can't imagine yeah, that i don't know if you you'd start replacing text messages with phone calls you know? no i i you know what i think i think what it comes down to is this is and this is the biggest thing that i talk to my team with as we're going and working with clients is like a couple things that we've actually just revisited one was one day a week, I just go down my Rolodex in my phone and I look at text messages and mm -hmm. who have I not talked to in a long time or in, in some mm -hmm. amount of time. Hey, just wanted to call, see how you're doing, just checking in on you. Mm -hmm. Everything good in your world? How's the family? How's your personal life? Yep. How's this? And I've tried to instill that into my team mm -hmm. because I think that's such a lost art anymore. And I believe that... You know, how easy is it to have a text message ignored as well? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a little more challenging to ignore a phone call because of the yep. length of it coming in versus exactly. one beep and things of that nature. Um, and sometimes, like, I, th I, think, I think the human side of this world that we live in, we want more. And I think mm -hmm. we want to have that true love and true yes. discussion with people and that interaction because human beings need that with one yes. another. Yes. And and yeah, and so I do think in business for sure, I think the people that are going back to those old school roots are the ones that are gonna propel themselves a lot faster mm -hmm. uh, from a growth standpoint versus relying now there there are means that make sense to have text message emails mm -hmm. things of that you know whether it's a marketing campaign or mm -hmm. you're just hey I just want to let you know I dropped this off type thing or whatever that may be there's there's always a place for a quick answer yep. a quick reply in some capacity but the one thing we're losing focus on is that that true human touch mm -hmm. but also being aware that it's okay to have different views mm -hmm. verbalize it vocalize it yeah. yeah having tolerance for others I think, I think, I think yeah, I was just going to say it's kind of what we talked about earlier today, yeah. but I think the thing that David's pointing to is that 
listen, we're all human beings, and, and we all want to be seen and connected and heard and and, mm-hmm. and be understanding that we are a human to someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important, especially in business, you know? And I think one of the problems yeah. that's happened is we've gotten so caught up with moving forward and, and achieving things mm-hmm. and finding efficient ways to do it that what we've been doing has been cutting all the humanity out of it. And I think more than ever now, human, humanity is needed more than anywhere. Yes. I hope that our younger generations will do what David's suggesting because I do see young folks that won't pick up the phone, that are actually afraid to speak to other humans on the telephone. Eric, what they need to do, they need to be trained. They need yeah. to be shown what's right, possible exactly. from yeah. it. They do. You know, That's it, our job. That's, that's our, job. our job. That's our job. As adults, it's our job to, inco- to, mm-hmm. to bring these young people up and not say, fuck these guys because they're 20 years old or 18 yeah. years old. And not, that's that's a concern I have is we're writing them off way too early. I mean, I do that with my son. I say, you you look a person in the eye, you speak mm-hmm. to them, you learn to talk because that is a if you can talk to a person face to face and be engaging and let them feel like they matter, you're head and shoulders above your competition. Oh yeah, that's what makes us good as a firm. Like we take, we are about relationships. Mm-hmm. We have technology, we do all that stuff, but to me, it's about the personal connection I have with each and every one of my clients. That's why we've grown the way we have, because we actually fucking care. And most people don't. It's about a transaction. To your point, like we need to learn to be more tolerant with others. We all have differing viewpoints, and it's okay to have differing viewpoints. Like this whole right versus left, and this battle between like the woke and the non-woke. It's okay. We can have. We need to get away from this bullshit. We can have differing opinions. That's why it's called fucking America. We got to be tolerant of one another and not not create these. These these combustion engines of fucking anger, and just let people have different viewpoints, and then we'll be able to get to our honest truths. I believe, but we as people get so caught up in our own shit, and we lack tolerance for others. And to your point, you're exactly right. We need to be more tolerant of others and understand that we have differences. So on, you know, this is a little bit of a right turn, but we'll swing back around to honesty here. I got I got a plan. Uh, um, <laughs> You know both both sides, right? Polar opposite, and you're talking about the energy of uh, of anger on both sides. But mm-hmm. you know, to me, the simple solution is be willing to be tolerant. Mm-hmm. But that, that doesn't mean that I have to accept. And I think that both sure. sides are so vocal on the idea that no, it's not good enough to be tolerant. You need to do it my way and see yeah. it my way and validate that I'm right. Mm-hmm. See, which is insane. Correct. But that, I think, is the sticking point because that does swing around to honesty because in, the, in reality, it's, it, it's not honest to yourself right. mm-hmm. if you're forced to accept something that you fundamentally think is not real or is wrong. Well, I right? think there's a difference between acceptance and agreement, and there's mm-hmm. clearly a difference between acceptance and compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so what's being off requested all the time is compliance to a certain position. Yep. I'm like, why should I? Right. You know, no, I'm not going to comply with that. Yeah. I accept you've got that opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it, but I can get that's your opinion. I can even understand where it came from. Yeah. I don't agree with the process, but th- that's where we're we're missing the discourse, and, the, and and that lives in the realm of relationship. That's what Dave's talking about. Yeah. You know, it's is the ability to actually exchange with one another. And we just cut that off, man. If you if you don't sign up for my program, you're done, you know. Yeah. And and that therein lies the, the the real breakdown. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anytime I have a discussion with someone, like it's ne- it's never my goal to get you to agree with me. Mm-hmm. My goal is to get you. If you can understand my position and how I arrive to my conclusion, I'm good. I won. Not won, but it's like I don't need anything else. That's just showing that you can yeah. get. We can have polar opposite opinions. But if you can understand my logic that got me to where I am and I can understand yours, that's a win-win in my mind. Mm-hmm. And we need to get to that point. But we're so, like, to your point, like, we're so, you've got to comply with my opinion. You have to agree with me because I'm right. It's my absolute truth. Therefore, it has to be everyone's absolute yeah. truth. And that's not how the world works. What about political transparency? <laughs> the reason I say that is this is not a new concept, right? I mean... This kind of rubs on that con- that concept that all attorneys face, like you know, a mission. You know, they, they, yeah. In in Catholicism or Christianity, there's the lies of a mission, right? Mm-hmm. You're, if you if you're you're out screwing around on your partner, mm-hmm. and just because you don't talk about it or tell them, did you really lie to them? Were you really being dishonest? If you don't say, if you don't, if you don't have the conversation, sure. right, that goes back to the tenet of Christianity. Yeah. But in terms of real world, mm-hmm. and in terms of your field in particular, mm-hmm. it's a really gray area. Yeah, I mean, well, well, what do you mean by gray area? Well, it's it dishonest if no, it's not discussed or the question isn't asked. In my profession, no. It's so it's if if I'm in an adversarial position, right? If I'm in litigation. And you don't ask the right questions, that's your fucking problem, not mine. Like, mm-hmm. my job is to defend my clients. My job is not to give you the information you need. It's your job as the other lawyer to figure out right. what you need and get. And that's it. tactics, right? It's, it's tactics, that's but tactics. it's also the profession, right? Like, I, <clears throat> that, that's why, you know, when you're examining a witness, if it's my witness on a direct examination, I'm just going to ask them, well, tell me about it. I want them to say everything they can to benefit mm-hmm. my side of the case. If you're a hostile witness, I'm going to cross-examine you. I'm going to know the answer to the question. You're only going to answer yes or no. So I'm going to say, isn't it true you did this? Yes or no? But, and I'm, I'm going to get to the point. Like That's that's the, the whole adversarial nature of the law. But it's if you don't ask the right question, like I dealt with this in a deposition a couple weeks ago. Other side did not ask any of the right questions that they needed. You're fucking lost. Sorry, move on. Right. Like That's how it is. It's not, it's not anything... You know, it, it's not about disclosure or non-disclosure. It's about your. It's not my job to do your job. Not they, in the professional sense. David, take an example in your <clears> business. <throat> let's say uh, uh, garment delivery times. Something as simple as that. Like, you know, you want to believe you trust this vendor, and let, but let's say you take on a, a new vendor, a new uh, um, clothing in the process. It's yep. another vendor for you. And you hear they're good, they, the referrals are strong, this is your first interaction with them. Are you suspect mm. of delivery times committed? Are you suspect of commitments made? No, I think I think I, you tell me what you tell me and I believe you from what you tell me. And if you don't mm-hmm. follow through on that, we're not gonna do business again. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's how it's as simple as for me. And if you say something and it's you know wrong and you can apologize that and, and there's a, a rightful justification mm-hmm. to that, I'll give you another chance. Mm-hmm. As long as I didn't have to dig in and find that, yes. but if if I have to do the legwork to figure out what really happened, uh, because you fucked up or you did something that I had to now waste time going and doing mm-hmm. something else, and then you weren't you were kind of timid as far as uh, really speaking the truth on there. That I have a I have a very big problem with that yeah. because there's 
that mindset trickles down into everything that that person operates and how they handle things. So for me, like I'll, I'll, I give everybody an opportunity. That was my question. So you give them the benefit of the doubt. Come Always. Again. You, you don't go into it with this with the air that you expect to be lied to. No, because I, you know, you, you, I think you have to be aware as a human being and how you interact with somebody in business. So if you let somebody kind of fool you, which I've had happen before, you know, shame on you, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the you know when that happens a few times you start to see the pattern is the same mm-hmm. and the pattern is the same in business that it is in the personal yeah. side um, you know it doesn't matter if someone's not comfortable with owning something that they did or did not do mm-hmm. I just I don't do that and I don't yeah. operate that yeah. way so you've already eliminated yourself mm-hmm. how I kind of how I operate <clears throat> in business is I give everybody one hundred percent respect. Um, 100% appreciation for wanting to do business with me. Now you may do something that takes that trust level down to 95%, mm-hmm. that's enough for me not to do business with you mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. You may be a great human being, but you've mm-hmm. made, made a mistake by saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. I just now have, I can now not give you the full trust that I wanna yeah. have in somebody that I'm doing business with. Yeah because there's other people that will not do those things and will not make those mistakes. And maybe six months, a year down the road, you give that person another mm-hmm. opportunity or whatnot. But the, the biggest thing that I've learned through this is when somebody shows you their true colors, whether it's business or mm-hmm. personal, um, you gotta believe it. Yeah, and, and that brings up another point that I think is, is, is very important. Like, I'm the same way as you are, right? I trust, and then it's your it's your job to lose that trust, right? If people would just understand, if they just took accountability off the bat, so many problems would be eliminated. Okay, you fucked up. Everybody fucks up. Just say, yep, I completely fucked this one up. I will fix it. Don't lie to me. Don't give me some bullshit excuse. Just be truthful. Like, I said that to my employees, even when I was in corporate America. Like, if you're hungover and show up late, just tell me you went out and got fucked up last night. Don't give me some bullshit that your dog threw up and your all this. I can see through the lies. Just be honest. Just be honest. Like, just tell me what actually happened. Take accountability. Take responsibility. And the problem tends to go away. But too many people feel like they can't because they lack the ability to be accountable and that caused the problems. And that's why you, I wouldn't trust them either if they do that. If I gotta find it out, if I gotta keep prying to get the information that I already know is there, like I already know what happened, but you're not being truthful or not being transparent with me, I gotta keep digging, it's over, it's done. Trust is gone. Well, I think, I think one frustration that I have with a lot of people or just people in general that, mm-hmm. that kind of operate this way is, um, you know, whenever you say something and you do something and or, or lack of doing something, um, I sometimes don't even want justification. A simple sorry is all yeah. I need. Yes. Yes. And I think that's a very, look, I don't know if it's the right answer or not going into the total truth, but like that's how I operate, right? Yeah. And I've, that's been a sticking point in uh, friendships, relationships, business, whatever it is. Like, I, I don't need to understand why things happened Unless you really want to show me and explain that to me, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's a situation where it's a consistent relationship and you you know, you know feel the need to justify every single time something happens, well, then I just don't think we understand that we operate the same way because I'm in some form of a, a professional or personal relationship with someone because I trust them and I respect them. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, 
all you have to do is apologize and let's just move on. That's already done. I don't hold grudges. I don't I don't let things sit around mm-hmm. because that's going to take my focus away from the future. That's going to take my f- focus away from the next business, the next mm-hmm. venture, the next idea, the next day of sales or networking or trying to do something, or the next day of just trying to be happy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm sorry and move on. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I'll be able to articulate this right, but it wasn't Jim Rohn, but it was a, it was an, an, um, a senior self-development guru I heard years ago and basically they were saying something of this it went kind of like this be wary of those who apologize with justification because the justification ultimately is just another extension of the lie that got there in the first place yeah wow and I'm like wow because I mean Mm-hmm. As and it goes right to your your yeah. mantra, if all you're really interested in is a genuine apology, yeah, yeah. I don't need to hear all the things that happen because most of that is tied to the original lie. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I, I, I believe that to be relatively generally yeah, yeah, true. Absolutely. Yep. I, I truly don't care when you make a mistake. Yeah. Like we're human beings, yes. and, the, and the minute a human being thinks that. Uh, someone isn't going to make a mistake or mm-hmm. even slip up in saying something or maybe they, they do something that's not traditionally how they operate. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I need, if, if I can't accept that people uh, make mistakes, then mm-hmm. you, who am I, right? Because every yep. single person on planet Earth has lied, done something yep. inappropriate, mm-hmm. has, has you know panicked in a situation mm-hmm. and made the wrong judgment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it comes down to judgment in a situation, which that's kind of an awareness thing. Yeah. And that you know, sometimes there's a lot of people that just don't have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's as simple as can be. A sorry goes a long way. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I that's agree. such a, um, I think that's such a missing piece in life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I love what David's pointing to because he was really talking about his integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, integrity is human beings. I'm not talking about the morality part of integrity. I'm talking about the workability part of it. When you think about integrity, you think about the integrity of an airplane. And how, think about all the planes that take off and they land and they don't crash. It's a miracle, right? And they got all these moving parts and they keep that together, right? And there's a whole process. And human beings that do that become very, very reliable. Mm-hmm. And most human beings don't put the effort into being that reliable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I love what you're talking about. If someone's delivering at 95%, that's a no-go for your business, mm-hmm. you know? So there's this, this clean sense of what's expected mm-hmm. Right, and and we're creating a process, and we're actually talking about what's necessary to get the, the job done. It's not about if you're a good guy or a bad guy, mm-hmm. and this justification thing is it's the justifying of not doing the work to deliver on the promise I made mm-hmm. to you. I, I can I tell a story about your company, with yeah, Krista? Yeah, yeah, please. So, I've become a customer, David's, because it's shit's awesome Thank and you. it's cool, <laughs> and the, and the customer service is next level stuff, yeah. right? And so he's got Krista working for him, and she's off the hook. She's one of, like one of the coolest ladies in the world. Anyway, I, I ordered some shirts. And so it's like, she said, we'll get them in four to six weeks. It's like six weeks. And I'm not the guy who writes it down. And, but I'm like, I wanted them for the speaking event that I'm doing, right? And so I call her. I said, Krista, when do you think I'm going to get my shirts? And she's like, oh, shit. I didn't order them. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, we got a mission-critical moment now, right? <laughs> I said, really? I said, how long does it take to get them? Well, when do you need them by? I said, I need them the last week of January because I'm doing this gig, and I, I want to look tight, and your shit's tight. And you know. And she says, yeah, I'm on it. Anyway, she owned she owned the problem, and there was no longer any conversation about the problem. Oh, yeah. there was a problem. We tripped up. Yep. We owned it. I wasn't upset. At least I know, where, I, I know the what's-so condition now, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, so what's it going to take? She said, I can get them to you in three weeks. Done. Yeah. Go. You know? Yeah. And it was there was like zero drama. 
How many places would have told you, oh, we got all this? Yep. It yeah. was like a two-minute phone call. Well, it would further the lie. Yeah, it was a two-minute phone call. Yep. For the mistake. Yeah. And, yep. and I'll tell you what. I have more respect for her now. I loved her always, but I have more respect for her now the way she handled it yeah. than, than before. And, and I think that's that's really the secret. None of us are perfect. Right. We all screw up. Yep. You know, we, we, that's what integrity is. It's mm-hmm. putting workability in. And we're not perfect. We don't have to be perfect. And when we're all in survival, we're afraid if we're going to make any mistake whatsoever, we're going to get screwed. And I'm sure you would deal with anybody who owned their shit moving along. Yep. Uh, to me, an apology, I keep going on this, but an apology is like the greatest form of flattery as a human being. Yeah, just say you're sorry. That's yeah, it. you put your ego down, you put yeah. the other bullshit aside, and then you just realize uh, a sorry really relates human beings that mm-hmm. we're all the same. Yep. And I think that's just, man, that's there's something beautiful in that standpoint of life. Well, yeah. what I like more than the I'm sorry, because of the I'm sorry is at the full acknowledgement that I dropped the ball, right? right. That's mm-hmm. important, that's the mm-hmm. first part. But the most important part is what I'm going to do now to make it right. Yep. That's the real. That's a real yeah. power there. That, sure. That's a part that's cool. Yeah. And that's what Krista did. And it was like no wailing, no worry about. Oh my God, what's he going to think about me? It was like on it. Yeah. Yep. That's the real power. Yeah. That's the real integrity. It's like, of course she's going to own it. Yep. No excuse on the bullshit there. She, I'm sorry, Mike. I just dropped the ball. Yeah. We we had issues in the past yeah. with um, other people that I brought on, and and mm-hmm. I've you know. You end up hearing the stories and the situations, and I said, you know, one in particular when we first started our business, you know, the client actually just told me this about a month ago, and you know, the rep that we had was just, well, it's it's a manufacturing issue, or it's, you know, and then that that the problem with that going back to the integrity conversation, well, that goes back to the brand, yeah, you know, and then yeah. that's because that person made a mistake and didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Me, the one that started this from nothing and tried to build this thing 100%. from nothing, yeah. is the one that suffers because yeah, right. you yeah. couldn't own up a problem yes. that you made. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. appreciate you sharing that, Mike. No, well. it was, yeah. it was yeah. freaking awesome. And she's fantastic, man. Yeah. You know, so me suits all the time. <laughs> I know. She's, she's, her career is built around you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suckered Matt in. <laughs> We talked earlier about um, societal honesty, and would you not agree? You know, teaching honesty is the is the main responsibility of parents, mm-hmm. right? sure. When they when children mm-hmm. are young, but obviously there's societal examples as someone grows up, honesty, mm-hmm. and that's taken a hit. I mean, the young folks today, I would mm-hmm. imagine, of, of any age, are have more examples in society proven examples mm-hmm. of people of influence, whether it's a political figure, whether it's a sports figure. Mm-hmm. There's so much of it because of the media. Mm-hmm. There's so many examples of dishonesty and the dismissiveness of the dishonesty that it's it's different today, I think, in terms of you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago growing up and having a healthy fear for being a dishonest person. Like if I, if I lied when I was a child, Obviously, you know, there was consequences generally, mm-hmm. but I think that even with great parenting now, you can't parent 24 hours a day. There's just more, there's just more information being thrown at mm-hmm. kids in their most formative years. Mm-hmm. There's examples of dishonesty everywhere, every day that they can vet out instantly. Mm-hmm. Their bullshit detectors probably are way more sophisticated than ours were, mm-hmm. I would think, but it's gotta be tougher today on young people when the concept of honesty is really discussed because there's so many examples that they recognize out there. 
way more than we had, I believe. Uh, well, so I, I agree that there's more examples out there, but I think it still comes down to parenting. Like, I think it's our job to teach my kids mm-hmm. what honesty is and what that means and, and how to detect that. And I got to understand that I'm, it's a different landscape now. So I've got to navigate the parenting through that landscape. That's how I look at it. It's not, it's not anybody's job but mine as their parents to show oh, yeah. them the way. And there's more, there's more information, there's more inputs coming into them. Yes. But I have, that means I have to train them better. And that's me. That, if that's your role as a parent. When you take on the responsibility of parenting children, it is your role to now teach them what they need to know in whatever landscape you're in. You, I'm not going to use the excuse where there's more information now and there's more lying out there. So that's still, that's not, I still have to understand that and teach them how to sort through that and teach them the importance of honesty and teach them the importance of integrity. To me, integrity is the main thing, like to your point. Like it's, and it's not the moral integrity, like no. you said. It's about this is what I will do and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, if you say you're going to do something, that, that's me. Because morals are different, right? Everybody has different morals. We can have the whole discussion of moral relativism, and that's a whole different ball game. When I think about integrity, it's being true to what you say you're going to do. If I say I'm going to do something, expect it's going to get fucking done, or something happened. That's that's how I look at integrity. I'm teaching my, I'm starting to teach my kids have that integrity. Your word matters. What you say matters, and how to sort through the bullshit of life. That's my job as a parent. Does that still mean anything today, though? I yes. Mean, in, your, in your world. Yes. It should, yes. And, and I'm not saying it, it, it should not mean that, but I'm saying giving your word in a, in a simpler time in the 70s, the 80s, in my formative years, giving your word, your word was something. We were instilled, mm-hmm. not just me, many of the people I grew up mm-hmm. with, that, hey, you know, sometimes all you have is your word, right? Mm-hmm. Simple concept. But... Giving your word today in 2023, does this still have the same weight? To me, it does. Yeah. If someone gives me their word, mm. I expect them to hold that. And if they don't, that's their loss. The relationship's gone. I, like I, I hold it the same. I, I hold it to give it the same weight. You don't expect to be lied to. If no, I mean I don't. Ex- I don't expect to. Be, why, why do I? Expect I don't to mean be? from your circle. I'm talking about as you go out into the world during the mm-hmm. day and do the things that you do. Mm-hmm. You don't have a healthy skepticism that most of what you're going to see in just okay. So, so is these, are, these are two different questions then. Okay. So I don't expect to be lied to from people that matter. Okay. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, so everything would, else doesn't I would, matter. I would agree like, with that. I don't. I don't even waste my time thinking about sorting through or, or discerning truth from falsity from shit that doesn't matter. From the people that matter to me, I don't expect to be lied to. The other shit in the world that doesn't really fucking matter to me, I couldn't give a shit less whether it was true or false, if it has no impact on me. So I, I worked in a corporate environment and I didn't really care for most of the people I worked with in terms of like, they weren't in my inner sphere. Mm-hmm. But the amount of shit that I saw for a good seven, eight years just led me to believe that most of what I'm going to be given in terms of information, whether it's factual, hopefully factual information for the process Mm -hmm. of the job at hand or ancillary stuff, was going to be bullshit. Because that's that was my experience sure. of how yeah. most people operate during the day. That's what I'm getting at. Like mm-hmm. the people on the on the that really don't matter to you, but mm-hmm. they do in terms of the process of you getting a paycheck or creating yeah. your business. Yeah, I expect that I have a healthy amount of skepticism. I don't like to live this way, but I have a healthy amount of skepticism that most of what I hear or ingest is bullshit. I guess I'm just, I'm an optimist. So. 
I'd like uh, to think I am. You, you know, I, I, I love what you're pointing to, man, because it's, it's so relevant to what's going on in the world today. <clears throat> My voice is shut. I've been talking for four days, and I'm man. Like, done. But anyway, I, I think what you're pointing to is consequence to behaviors to, to breaking your word. It, do, do they exist or do they not exist, right? So one of the things you're asking, like, what do you do and do you have a healthy skepticism? I, I, I try not to go into anything with expectation. And I create the expectation. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, so what I do is I, if I'm going to engage with someone I haven't engaged with before, you know, I'm like, this is what I expect. This is how mm-hmm. I'm going to operate. Yeah. If you don't have a set of rules, I'll, I'll put the rules in. Yeah. Yep. I, I was a baseball umpire for 18 years. I'm really good with ground rules, right? Yeah. So these are the ground rules. And if you do this, we're going to be all good. If you don't do this, and like you said, we're done, right? Yep. And it's, it really is that simple. And I think one of the things that's happening, there's two things that's going on. Number one, there's all this noise out there. And so we as individuals, we got to get better at filtering out the relevant and the non-relevant. Mm-hmm. That's what Rocco was pointing to, right? The second thing is we've kind of, we've got to demystify the institution, the relationship we have to institutions and how we've made them kind of these gods out there. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, they're human beings too. And one of the things that's happened is we're starting to show up over and over and over again. The, these people that we've put on pedestals are just human and flawed and failed, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so these kids are like, they're, they get very resigned. That was kind of my point. It was part of my yeah. point of the children is they're getting, they're seeing examples yeah. in society which are failing them. Yeah. And the kids are recognizing that they're lying. And then they, get, then mm-hmm. they get resigned and they have no other way. And that's why parenting mm-hmm. and adult modeling mm-hmm. and speaking about this and bringing this up and having these kind of conversations is so, so important. Mm-hmm. So the kids do have an alternative, yep. you know? Um, that's what's really important, you know, is, is because is, here's the thing I found, and, and I, you know, I'm on a board of directors of not-for-profit and all this other stuff, and it's kid-based, right? Kids are really, really, really responsive they can tell, man, they got the incredible bullshit filters. Mm-hmm. Incredible bullshit filters, right? They, they're really responsive to someone who gives it to them straight. Yeah. They really are. It blows me away. I and, agree. And so what ends up happening is start building that muscle. Now, what happens is we've got too many parents that are blowing sunshine up their kids' butts anyway, especially suburban moms that want their kids to like them because yeah. they want the Facebook posts, you know, and all the likes and all the stuff that comes with it. And kind yeah. of going too far down. No, 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 that's, that's <laughs> yeah. great. We've, we've blended the whole parenting slash friendship thing, and that's, yeah. a, that's a huge That's a huge component deal. to it. Like, you've got to drop the hammer sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, you know, my son's now, what, 33? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I love this kid, and I'm as close to him as mm-hmm. ever, and there was a time mm-hmm. where there was a conversation. <laughs> 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 but it was really, it, it had to really happen. You know, and and I love the kid, and we've got a, a as good a relationship as someone in these two generations I've ever seen. And I got a great relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. Would you not argue though that the the essence of a great relationship has to start with honesty? Of course, it has to start with trust. Trust, yes. You can't trust if you don't believe that a person's honest. No, agreed. I mean, they're, they're kind of kind of intertwined. Blind. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can blind. Maybe blind faith. I, well, yeah, well, I don't know. Typically, when I be, when I get into a relationship with someone, yeah. I start trusting them, yeah. and they give me like that's how my mother always raised me. She said, 
I always trust you until you give me a reason not to. And that's kind of how I've always lived my life. It's like, I'll trust you. I'll give you the benefit that I'm a good human being. I want to, I believe in my heart yeah. all, all human beings are good by nature. Right. I will trust you until you show me a reason not to. Okay. So I, I start everything with trust, professional and personal. Like if, if, some, if a client comes to me, like I trust them off the bat. And if they lose my trust, they've lost their lawyer, like plain and simple. And I operate that way personally as well. Mm-hmm. I got a really weird take on trust. Okay. I think trust begins with trusting yourself. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. You know? 100%. Like, if I don't trust myself, there's no way I can trust you. Yes. So define trust yourself. Like, if I'm going to end into an agreement with you, right, and you shit the bed, and you blow the whole deal, I'm still going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I put the structures in place, you know, to where I'm not going to put you in the position where I'm going to be overly exposed because I really don't know you yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do expect potentially to be lied to. Well, that, that's a that's an eventual. It's a potential eventuality. Of course it is. Okay. I, what are you gonna? Am I on opium twenty four seven? But 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 I, but, I, but I don't necessarily think that's uh, expecting to be lied to. Ex- that's that's that's, that's protecting. You, yeah, you I expect from exposure. human fa- fallibility. Exactly. Fallibility. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Humans are humans are fallible. Yeah. Or, not the word I'm looking for. But that that's it's not the. Like, I don't I don't expect people to lie to me. I expect people to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I expect people to fuck up. I expect people not to do things the way I do. Mm-hmm. Therefore, in that relationship I'm entering into, I'm going to make sure I trust myself enough going into that that I know they can't fuck me over. Yeah. Because I know my abilities and my skill set and what they're doing, which they may fuck up, that's okay. I'll handle it. So I'll give you an example, right? I bought these shirts from David specifically for these speaking gigs I had this week, right? And I ordered them... 10 weeks before the speaking gig, knowing that it's probably going to take four to six weeks to get him, maybe more, and I'll have to do something, and I'm not always going to be around, just all that stuff, right? It got fucked up, right? So the human fallibility kicked in, but they also recovered, and the stuff showed up exactly the day before I needed to, to go on the trip, you know? So was there an error? Sure. Did did someone lie to me or was someone dishonest? No. Was there, you know, all of that. But I was responsible from the beginning and I put that in the process because I was looking out like what was my future being that I'm creating, right? Mm-hmm. I'm speaking. I had a particular way I wanted to present. And, you know, part of that was having my look tight because this stuff is awesome. And, you know, I wanted these shirts. And, you know, it all worked out. Did it work out the way I planned it? No, of course not. But that's what I'm talking about is being responsible and trusting myself here so that I'm not jammed up. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, just, you're just covering your circumstances knowing that even if you are failed mm-hmm. by the other person, you have a plan B. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, mm-hmm. you know, how you mentioned, Mike, with, like, the, the trusting or Eric, I guess you kind of said um, with Mike, you know, so you don't trust in some capacity. But... If you if you're conducting business with somebody and and you go into it with that optimism or that trust that you have, hey, I'm gonna do business with this person because the conversation that we've had mm-hmm. was enough for me to say I'm willing to take a risk or mm-hmm. uh, give this person a shot at doing business with. Well, on the the flip side, the way that they conduct business, we don't know that until you have that experience mm-hmm. with them. So. That's where it goes back to everybody's perception is their own reality. Mm-hmm. They may just conduct business differently than I do. 
that doesn't mean they lied to me and that doesn't mean I shouldn't have yep. trusted them. Yep. That just tells me that I know moving forward, I now have proper expectations mm-hmm. if I'm going to choose to do business with that person. Yep. And if the way that they've done business is just too far from the way that I do business, the simple answer is, hey, I wish you well, best of luck with everything. We no longer have anything in common. Mm-hmm. We no longer are going to do business together. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's necessarily, it's not a trust thing. I think we have to, you have to look at the term a little bit differently mm-hmm. and it's, it's an acceptance of how somebody operates more than a trust thing in that capacity. I think the trust is, is yeah. pretty black and white. If you fuck me over, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So so I have uh, as a realtor, it's kind of interesting because I'm dealing with a multitude of independent contractors mm-hmm. all day. Yeah. Because every realtor is their own independent entity. Sure. Conducting their business the way they see fit. Mm-hmm. And my experience has been that I have, as a, maybe as a self-preservation mode, knowing that I will ultimately find a way to get what I need. And I know that. There's no agent out there that's going to uh, destroy a deal. Mm-hmm. I have the confidence to get, to get through anything. But knowing that, I have to go in with a healthy amount of skepticism mm-hmm. because of what I have experienced. And I mm-hmm. think that skepticism, is part of it's like I might not be getting all the truth. You know, I mean, sure. it, some of it might be tactical, maybe mm-hmm. maybe an appropriate amount of small amount of tactical omission in there, maybe. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I'm dealing with hundreds and hundreds of you know independent contractors mm-hmm. running their businesses, like you said. That's mm-hmm. their whatever their acceptability is for quote unquote good business, mm-hmm. and I have to have that mindset to survive. Yeah. See. I, I, I I get what you're saying completely. I just look at it differently. Okay. Right? Because I look at it, one, being skeptical takes a lot of energy. Okay. Like, it's a lot, it's a lot of negative. So, I, I look at it, like, I've got to a point where I know who I am. I trust my abilities. Mm-hmm. So, I can remove skepticism. Because I know that I'm, I'm confident enough and whatever happens, I'll sort it out. So, I so to me, being a skeptic is kind of like, not, not negative, it's just... You're, you're always looking for the angle. So you're trying to find the angle that may not be there, but I'm wasting mental energy trying to see something that may not ever appear. My position is, why waste my energy on that? Just just know I have the skills that whatever comes, I'll sort it out. So I go into those transactions with, an, with, a, with a sense of optimism, and 99 out of 100 go well. The one that doesn't, I can adjust very quickly, and I'll say, okay, I see the problem and fix it like that's just how i operate like i've just because i used to be a skeptic and i realized that being a skeptic just takes so much energy because your your brain doesn't stop looking for the angle Mm -hmm. and it's like maybe there isn't an angle maybe they're just not smart or maybe they're not experienced enough maybe they're just like fallible and as a human they're Mm -hmm. not trying to do anything deceitful or with malice intent it's just they're not good and if I spend all my time as a skeptic looking for, and it's happened to me, if you look for something, you're also going to miss something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I removed that. I just I just really honed my skills yeah. and realized that whatever comes, I'll handle. You know, what, what you're saying, too, when I hear this, too, it sounds to me that you're in a business with a lot of built-in inefficiencies. And so that, to me, sounds like yeah. a huge opportunity. Yeah. Like a huge opportunity. If you can reframe how it's going, like you can go in there and lay waste to that marketplace, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, is you're you're beat up because you know some people have underserved you. 
Yeah, I don't think about like. it being. Yeah, I don't yeah. think on a daily basis about it being taxing. But you know, there's it's taxing. To Mike's point, you know, and then Rocco's as well. Like that's just an opportunity for you to just come in and clean house. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Absolutely. I want to be in there. I'm going to go get my real estate license tomorrow, and I'm going to walk into a marketplace. Yeah. I'm going to slay it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look look at lawyers. Look at, I, yeah. looked, I looked at, like, I, well, look, this is people, what you're doing. Like, most people are skeptical of fucking lawyers yeah. for reasons. I've just never given people the reason to be skeptical of that. I just said, okay, here's all the reasons yeah. why people are skeptical of lawyers. I don't do any of that shit. Yeah. It's very easy. You could say, this is why people are skeptical of realtors. I'm just not going to do any of that shit. And there's a whole market to be taken to your yeah. point. Like, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to start a real estate team. Yeah. Oh, man. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> just lay waste to it, man. You know? Let's fuck shit up. <laughs> probably, probably could actually do pretty well. What's that? Uh, let's start we, selling we could probably houses. do pretty well. <laughs> probably. Let's wrap up. I have one more comment on honesty, and then I wanted the second half of the show to be about focus. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit about focus. Um, that should be interesting. Um, <laughs> There's like three ADD guys here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the perfect one for that conversation. <laughs> I'm not either. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, what was that question? Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a, a last comment from all of you on the, the illusion of honesty today, meaning that it seems like over the past couple decades, the pillars of society that we, like Mike was talking about, whether it's the law, whether it's mm -hmm. the entire legal systems from the Supreme Court on down, sure. whether it's our, our, our elected officials, um, whether it's the news services that we trusted all these years to give mm -hmm. us the information. Time and time and time again, because of some human frailty, but also become a, because of some devious behavior that has been vetted out, we no longer collectively really trust the pillars of society like we once did. Is there a way to re redeem that, in your opinion? Or do you think we will continue going down that road of skepticism? in regards to the truth in what we see around us, is this real, right? With the virtual reality coming in, AI, are we going to enter a new phase over the next couple of decades of where, where honesty and truth really don't weigh in or matter as much anymore? I, I'm gonna, I'll have yeah, it real quick. I'm still processing. I mean, at this point in time, if you believe any source of media and that's one source of media and that's all you abide to, you, you've already lost at life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's first yeah. and foremost. Mm -hmm. uh, and I could go down that rabbit hole over and over <laughs> again, which, which I won't. But I think that same thought process comes back to everything we talked about from the beginning, and that's the trusting yourself thing. Yes. I spent an insane amount of time paying attention to every single media source, journalist, uh, anything I could possibly find over the last handful of years for, for a few reasons. One, to understand how the world we live in actually functions and operates, mm -hmm. because that's going to help me understand how to get through life and navigate this world that I'm mm -hmm. in. Uh, two, so I can make personal choices with my life to understand what my happiness is in my truth that I live. 
and I could filter out certain people or certain things that I find are just total bullshit because um, it's my happiness and my peace that I care about. Other people, I'm, I'm not here to hurt or, or help anybody in any capacity. From that standpoint, you have to live the way that you want to live. But I just think it comes down to that level of uh, analogy with the trust thing. You have 100% of my trust until you've done something to steal that. If you've done anything to steal that, that's not my problem, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you've shown me once, which all these media outlets and everybody else has shown me, time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. So if I fail to understand what's actually taken place and what's happened, that's on me. Mm -hmm. And then I think I'm gonna hinder my growth and my future purely because I don't either have the confidence to, to digest what I've seen or I don't have the awareness to, to digest what I've seen. And at that point, that's a personal growth situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. So the, your, your question was, will honesty matter? It'll always matter, but it's our job today. Honest, honesty and truth. Honesty and truth, but it's, but it's our job, to David's point, is we as individuals have to work on our own selves to grow, to be able to discern honesty and truth. Like that, That's what matters to me. It's like, it will always matter to me. It may not matter to you or someone else, but it, all I care about is me, right? It's my perspective. So I have to be able to work on myself, understand myself, trust myself that I know I can discern truth from falsity. I can discern what's honest and what's not that matters to me in the path I'm on. That's how I look at it. So to me, honesty and truth will always matter because if it's on my path I'm moving in, if it's outside of it, I don't really give a shit. Like it's not my job to worry about every problem in the world, everything that's said about everything. I know my vision is very clear where I'm going. What's ever in this field of vision is what matters. I've got to be able to discern truth and honesty in this viewpoint. That's it. Everything out here, I don't give a shit about. I'm not going to waste my time on. So I think it's always going to matter. But people, most people aren't clear enough about their vision and where they're going to even understand what to discern. <laughs> I, I, I am ridiculously optimistic. Mm -hmm. I think uh, what's going on currently. You're a Bears fan, aren't you? No, not at all. No, I, it was a Cubs fan. No, White Sox fan and and Tennessee Titan fan. So. Oh, right on. Right on. So anyway, uh, you know, there's always this battle between chaos and order, right? And we're in a time of far more chaos than order. You don't say. <laughs> no. And here's the thing about chaos: chaos gets a, a bad <laughs> reputation. Chaos is where opportunity is created. Chaos is where innovation is created. Mm -hmm. Chaos is where breakthrough is created. And I think what we're entering into, we're entering into a time, a resurgence of entrepreneurialism. And what entrepreneurialism is, is, is going back and doing business in the realm of relationship and non-transactional, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's really the opportunity. And you look in this room, and there's four entrepreneurs here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, you know, I don't know your business that much, and I don't know your business that much, but hearing what you say, all of us operate in the realm of relationship. Mm -hmm. And we're all successful in the, in the industries we're in, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, and I, I see, and I see this year is better than last year. And the year after this is better than mm -hmm. next this year I'm coming into, mm -hmm. you know. And I and people are going, when are you going to retire? And we retire. I'm stepping on it, man. You know, yeah, like, right. You know, that's a long way away. Yeah. And and so there's there's I really do see this, and there's all this insanity going on, mm -hmm. and there's all the what ifism. Mm -hmm. But I really think we're we're in a time of an unprecedented opportunity at this moment. But it's yep. going to take something 
that none of us have ever done before. It's going to mm-hmm. take a, a level of courage, a level of vulnerability, a level of risk that mm-hmm. you mentioned, yeah. a level of engagement mm-hmm. that you practice yeah. mm-hmm. that is unprecedented. Like this idea of you know being a, a guy who runs a business and you sit behind a computer bank, if you're not in technology, that's not it. And, and what's the one industry that's taking a dive right now? It's technology. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think it's really that it we're, we're entering into that that John Nesbitt book, uh, Future Shock, that was yeah. written in '98. Oh, right, yeah. mm-hmm. he talked about high tech, high touch. We're finally getting into the high touch of the we high are. tech. Yeah. So that that's what I see. So I think, and with that, we'll bring the honesty and the truth back because it mm-hmm. has to be. Because as human beings, that's the that's inside the realm of relationship. The funny part about it is, <clears throat> I would like to think that. It, it might be the entrepreneur in general who brings the movement of truth back because mm-hmm. I would think there's a hell of a lot more truth and honesty in entrepreneurship yeah. than there is in corporate America. If you, you look know. in the history of the country, like the, the resurgence of America was always led by entrepreneurs. You know, the yeah. 80s were, were resounding because of entrepreneurs. All the new businesses that popped up, yeah. you know, yeah. came sprung out of the 80s. You know? No doubt. Gents, I want to ask each of you um, uh, something that I'm curious about always, and that is how we kind of find and retain focus in a world that's so drenched with inputs and just distractions. You know, it's like, uh, and I love hearing entrepreneurs, especially successful ones, and how they maintain their focus, whether it's through regimen or discipline and all that. I kind of know Rocco's Mm -hmm. pretty well, but it's always worth hearing again. Um, because I'll tell you, honestly, I've struggled with focus a lot in my life. Um, I don't know if it's OCD. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. But I just basically seem like I'm being pulled in 20 different directions all the time. I find a way to keep order through writing that keeps me like somewhat orderly. But outside of that writing and that order that I force myself to go to, it's not too hard for me to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it might be my age. I don't know. But I'd imagine for kids, and I see what my, my kids go through, and their friends, I mean, just to see all the inputs. And I'm just curious on how, how you folks, if you got any stories about, were you distracted? Did you have to figure that out? Do you fight mm-hmm. being distracted on a regular basis? Are you re- re- relatively disciplined in that regard? Just want to hear your thoughts on how you stay focused in what you do. I'll let one of you guys go first. I'm not focused right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm probably the least disciplined person on the planet. Um, that would be me. I uh, I don't know how many different careers I've had, five, six, something like that. And, and, and I think focus, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I It, it may be overrated. I, I think it all begins with, you know, why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you here? You know, I mean, purpose over focus. Yeah. Kind of. mm-hmm. Yeah, purpose, mission, you know, mm-hmm. sense of being, but but really, what is it? What what is it that gives you that serene passion that you like worth mm-hmm. getting out of bed for? You know, and really getting tapped into that. It could be love, it could be success, it could be accomplishment. But I think you know, we start out with this external stuff, and then you mm-hmm. start discovering for yourself what it is. Well, you know, what really brings you joy, fulfillment, like happiness. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's what it is for me now. It took me a long, nobody should follow the breadcrumb trail that's how I got here, because <laughs> it was wacky. But but I think that's part of it too. You know, the journey is really what it's about. The experience of getting some on you, the engaging with life. I know? love that phrase, and I got that from you, and I've been using that since your last yeah. visit here. Yeah. But, but, but that's, 
it, it's so freaking true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, man. Get some on you. Get down there. Get dirty yep. in the process yeah. and find joy in that. Yeah. yeah. You Somehow. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- that's 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 what we're here for. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Th- th- I don't know. I wasn't born with an instruction manual. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I'm still looking for mine. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, so so that's really what. And each one of us is, uh, you know, have have our own unique sets of talents and skills and desires and values and all this other stuff. And it's really the uncovering process, you know. And I think that's really the, the real joy of life is just the process of uncovering and mm-hmm. discovering what really, you know, fires you up and turns you on. And this is gonna sound a little snide, but I mean this sincerely. Do you think yeah. it might be easier for maybe you and I? Because of our age, as opposed to these younger gents on the other side, to not buy into the amount of of social media slash web inputs, because well, we we re, we vividly remember what it was like without yeah, it. We didn't have to deal with it, you know. We didn't have to deal with it. But there were, there were other things that we had. I, I had drugs, you know. <laughs> um, you know that was my choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but there was drugs and music and rock and roll and women and all this other stuff that was just equally that distracting. That stuff's still around. That's part. It of doesn't that, seem that adds to be to the mix, though. Right? It doesn't seem to be as as the social media thing seems to over. I mean, that's a dominated me, man. You know, and yeah. it, before that, it was sports, and there's always been these distracting things. Well, it sounds like reality, things that were yeah. actual mm-hmm. physical, tangible reality events, but as it, opposed to mixing the two. But mm-hmm. the thing is, when you engage in it, exactly, you know, so there was no virtual experience. Right. So, but engaging in life, you start discovering stuff. When you play football, you start discovering stuff. When you uh, engage with women, you start discovering stuff. When you do you a don't bunch, say. <laughs> when you do a bunch of drugs, you start discovering stuff, right? And some of it's not all always that pleasant. Yeah, some of it might not be reality. It's yeah, kind of so yeah, that was a virtual. That was my virtual reality. Was uh, you know the seventies? Right. Yeah, that was yeah. our virtual reality. Yeah. yeah. So so that's what it is. But it's all through this whole process and and the whole learning from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like really, what did I learn? You know, and 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 so much of what I learned was from experiencing failure, like fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's what I love you. Let's go fuck some, sh- some shit up. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I love that phrase you yeah. say. You know, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go fuck something up. Yeah, you know, because what it does, it gets you engaged. And when you engage and you fuck it up, now you got to unfuck it, mm-hmm. and you got to like you're going to learn something. Now. Do you plan on paper? I I do now. Do I? Here's what I do. So I I'll, I'll write a plan. And that's it. Do I ever go back and revisit it? Oh no, never. Hmm. I do have I, I do have posted like goals, objectives, that type of thing. But do I ever go back and follow a plan? No, because what the plan does, it actually kind of creates in my mind the direction I'm going to go. And it kind of evolves, mm-hmm. and it evolves from that. Yeah. And then I engage, and then you know, you know, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face, right? Yep. And and so, you know, you, you, the first time you run into an obstacle, the plan's no longer valid, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. but the the objective is the vision is, you know, yep. and then you, then there's another time. Well, I'm gonna replan, and I'll put it together. But I don't. I don't believe me. I don't create any documents that are like this is my thing we do. And and you know, I work with. I mean, Rock. When I talk all all, all the time about what's your vision, where do you want to go? You know, we almost never. T- and he's a well. First of all, he's an expert tactician. Yes. Know? Yes. You know that's an accurate description of him. And, and the other thing that you know, one of the things that really impressed about me, he's 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 this really cool combination of being highly highly intuitive, and then he runs on data all the time. Yeah, your 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 love of data surprises me. Based upon through through our friendship, yeah. that's the one thing. Yeah. If, you, if you ask me, what's the one thing that surprises me about Rocco is 
because you're you're so personable, yeah. you can be lulled into thinking that he's you know he's not wired that way, mm-hmm. and then the reality is you most definitely are. Yeah, I, I've I've always used it as uh, I would call it background strength. People underestimate that I'm looking at the numbers, I'm uh-huh. looking at the data, and, uh-huh. and I'm I'm taking in information that most people aren't assuming I'm taking in. Correct. And my decision making runs off that. You know, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah. Can, can I put something in about how I observe yeah. how you use it? Yeah. You're. I would say you're primarily intuitive. Yeah. Okay. I agree. And what you do, and you move at a at a speed and a velocity that most people would throw up at, right? Sure. So <laughs> me. Yeah. So what? How I see you use the data mm-hmm. is just to verify that you're on course. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good point. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Or if you're off course, you're off course this mm-hmm. way. Or if you're, you know, yeah, that's but a really good point. It, it's just it's like when I used to sail and you use the GPS. Yeah, you know, and you're out in the middle of open water. You don't know where the fuck you are. Yeah, you right. <laughs> you're hoping this thing works. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. But that, yeah, that is really it. Yeah, that yeah, is, that, that is that's it. how I see you use it. So yeah, he really has learned how to use data really well. Yeah. You know, and uh, and what's what's most important is he knows what data points are essential for him to achieve where he wants to go. Because mm-hmm. yeah. some people have way too much data and they're measuring all this different stuff and none of it's real. Well, they get yeah. data and they don't take any action because they're paralyzed by the, yeah. by the what ifs of the data. Or yeah, they're exactly. measuring stuff that's irrelevant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and, but his stuff, every number means something to him. And mm-hmm. that's how, it, you know, it, yeah. and it's, it, it feeds his intuition. It's yeah. really cool to see. You Thank know? you. Yeah. And to, to the, to the focus point, like I think, that helps me focus, right? I, I had to get very, like to your point, like I had to get very clear on what I was doing yeah. and what my vision was. Because before I was doing all kinds of shit and involved in everything, then once I got really clear yeah. as when, to- Help me understand when this possibly is. Cause I, I've this was you. like right before I came on your podcast, right when Mike and I first met. I was involved in, I had just left corporate America. I was involved in different businesses. Yeah, I was businesses. speaking, got it. I was doing all kinds got of shit. It. And it was, got it. I was distracted. Then once right. I cleared all that out and said, I'm going to fucking do this, mm-hmm. like it got very clear. Right. And then it just, all my decision making revolves around that. And focus, like I'm a very dis, I'm, I always say I'm a very undisciplined, disciplined person. Like I have discipline, but I'm also very flexible. Like I have certain things I do every day that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I get up at a certain time. I do certain things in the morning. I do certain things in the evening. I structure my day a certain way. Right. But I'm also not one of those types of people that's so rigid that if something happens, it throws me off. Like I can adjust very Pick well. On your feet. Yeah. Like I, and I like to be able to do that. So focus is very important to me, but I also, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I'm running a firm. So I can't be, I can't get into long periods of deep focus because there's things coming at me at all times. So I have to be able to, I'm wired that way where I can adjust quickly and come back quickly. I won't try and do two things at once, but I can I can switch quickly between things. And okay. that's how I try and stay focused. I give myself time during the day. Like I'll even give myself time just to think during the week. Like I'll, I'll like mark time and say, this is my time to think. Or I'll just sit there for a half hour and stare out the window because I'm just letting my brain think. And that's how I regain my focus. And I have structures in place, but I had to find what worked for me. Like I know times mm-hmm. of day that I'm more mm-hmm. focused on doing creative work or tactical work mm-hmm. or days of the week. Like Fridays are typically my days where I'm kind of doing admin stuff because I'm spent and I'll go in on Sunday and I treat Sundays like a Monday right. because I'm, just, I'm fired up to get ahead of the week. So I kind of have a different way of doing it, but it's very, it's disciplined in an undisciplined way, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it certainly is. Yeah. You, you know, Rocco, when I hear you talk about it, what it what it really is, you know, it, it, it's two things. First and foremost, is knowing yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. knowing what your strengths are, what when you're tired, when you yeah. you know, it, it's actually just being honest with yourself. Yeah. The second thing I hear though, it's really, um, this idea of planning. I think is sometimes over pushed. Because mm-hmm. what it really is, it's a clear sense of wise here, a clear sense of understanding, a clear sense of how he delivers value. Mm-hmm. And then you, you engage in the game, mm-hmm. and he's fully engaged. Yeah. And it's going to require this and that. It's like a great running back. Oh, mm-hmm. that hole's closed, and he bounces it yeah. out here. Mm-hmm. right? Or Peyton Manning calls a play in the huddle, and he gets up the line of scrimmage and calls a completely different play because he sees something else. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, th- that, that's what I see with yeah. it. And, and that's, really, that's really being in the game you're in, as opposed to in the game in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. You have no, no. control. Everything no. every day is different. Out there. Every day is different. Yeah, I mean, you, you know? probably experience the same thing with every with every day because your business is every day is different. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, th- the path that I'm on is kind of. I mean, literally every day, every afternoon, every morning is mm-hmm. it's a lot of travel, a lot of uh, different meetings, uh, a lot of different decisions on building the business. But you know, from from my perspective focus and like want are very um important words and especially as i understand other people and strangers now and like understanding that everybody kind of has their own want and desire out of life Mm -hmm. and when you really compartmentalize that and understand that like focus to somebody else may not mean anything because they're the goals Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get out of their life don't Mm -hmm. require a ton of focus so for Mm -hmm. them they don't even have to put any effort in in creating some form of a focus Mm -hmm. specifically for myself you know, I when I started my business, I, I put a five-year mark, and my five-year mark was if I'm going to try this, I'm going to do everything I possibly can within five years, morally and ethically correct, as just work my ass off in, in, in order to try to create something that I could make sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, that five-year mark led into just an, in, uh, my focus level intensifying drastically because of the success mm-hmm. that we're starting to see with our business. So for me... It, it goes back to what Mike said about purpose and how much I am fulfilled by what I do. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I wasn't if I wasn't doing exactly what I'm doing at mm-hmm. this point in my life, I don't have a reason to be alive. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely feel that I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be. Yep. I'm completely free, which we talked yep. about yeah. earlier, to come and go as I please. I can travel anywhere in the world I want. I can yep. go and spend any time. I could buy whatever I want yep. at this point for the most part within mm-hmm. reason um, but with that being said that happened because that first five years of focus mm-hmm. was an insane priority of mine mm-hmm. and now I just have you know I posted something today about like I'm never going to get to where I want to be because that 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 is always mm-hmm. changing yep. for me and I've I now accept that that mm-hmm. I enjoy the process of building something so much that mm-hmm. there's never going to be an end goal for me yep. at least for 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 now when I'm you know 20 years down the road 30 years that may change based off of where I am mm-hmm. wife kids grandkids all that stuff and maybe my my purpose will change at that point mm-hmm. but I'm 37 now and things are better than they've ever been in my yep. life mm-hmm. Where we, you know, we've donated over almost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to charities in the last five years. Yep. Um, you know, I've empl- I employ four people right now. Yep. Um, the the success and things that we've had is mm-hmm. just it's it's just incredible that to take an idea and to be able to create this and build this yeah. and be in this position. So for me, my focus level is even stronger than it's ever yeah. been right now. And that. just being more dialed in to understand that I need to capitalize on this 
time. I'm I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want those things, but that's not in the cards right now for me. Mm-hmm. So my current situation allows me to just put 100% focus on what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, I love it. Do, do you do you write? Like, how do you? I journal How do you stay organized? So I, I have. A, I'm I'm very meticulous with a lot of things because I have so many things. So I, I have 100 owner of a clothing company by myself, 33 percent owner of a marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two businesses that we launched this year. One is a. a off the rack or ready to wear mm-hmm. style company. Mm-hmm. And then I launched a royalty company, which that company is gonna get paid from the uh, ready to wear company. So I've, I started a nonprofit last year that we're gonna start incorporating into our fashion show. There's some, a couple other things that I'm starting to really focus on and, and, and intensify. Um, so for me, I have to have, I have three forms of, of notes or three forms of things that, four actually now that I, I use to stay on top. One is in my um, uh, calendar section on my phone. Every day I have a ton of different personal tasks that I throw on that calendar that I need to get done. Then I also have a notebook that I carry around with me that I have bullet point after bullet point of things Mm -hmm. that I need to do. And then now there's a software that I use called Basecamp, which is like a project management system. And I have everything on there because now I need to rely on other people to also help me get these tasks mm-hmm. and stay on top of those. So they're interconnected to the software? Uh, um, the, the, yeah, the, the, uh, my team is through the Basecamp software, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I still have my notes section on my phone. I have a, the notes app that I do. I have, I have a notebook that I just love the old school feel of a notebook because mm-hmm. I just I think that yeah. does something different for you. And then a calendar. I, I make sure that. Any tasks that may pop up during the day, it's easier to throw it in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So I'll typically put those for 8, 9, 10 p.m. And I may have 10 tasks at that time frame. And then later that day, I'll either I'll drag them to the next day if, if I need to do them mm-hmm. the next day. Or I'll just sit and write them into my, um, you know, into my uh, notebook that I have as well. But I, I've just realized for me, there's so much happening and there's an there's a lot that could easily slip through the cracks mm-hmm. if I don't have the discipline to put these things from pen to paper or wherever, uh, whatever works the most for me. Mm-hmm. Do you consciously think about limiting how much social media you ingest per day? No, I mean, I live on, unfortunately, I live on social media. Um, so no, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think if I checked, it's probably 12 hours a day that I'm, I'm associated with some form of capacity with social media. So I'm very consumed, but at the same time, that's a big reason why I dive into all the things that are happening with social media so I can at least protect myself from falling victim of those things. Mm-hmm. Also, my marketing agency, I mean, we use social media from a, you know, from an ad campaign standpoint, things of, you know, yeah. whether um, lead generation, whatever it may be, Google AdWords, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. We have to live in that space. So for me, I, I just understand it very well, which protects me from falling into the yeah. trap of all the bullshit that they could feed you. Yeah. about you? I, I don't consciously think about how much I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it when I need to be on it, like when I'm posting stuff or, you know, because, again, my business isn't doesn't revolve around social media as much as yours, but I do kind of have a personal side that I like to show through yeah, social media. Yeah, through, through social media. So I do – I don't use it a ton. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm on there an hour a day. Just looking at things, maybe an hour and a half. Um because I'm just busy during the day. Like we're like this month has been the busiest month of my career, so it hasn't been a, a lot of time on social media. But I and one thing I need to get better at is being on social media more and engaging. We're not just on it mindlessly to mm-hmm. look, but to actually engage 
and grow my brand further because I know there's an opportunity out there to really do that that I haven't really capitalized on in the past year because I've just been so busy. But I, but it is an integral part of business. I do believe in any business, any mm-hmm. type of service business or even a business like yours where there's a bunch of different things like product, service, customer service. It's so important because people want to work with people not a product or a service. So people want to know who they're, like I, I got a client this week because the individual didn't even know if I could handle the type of stuff they needed handled, but they said to me, I just like you, I like your personality, you're like the coolest lawyer I ever met, I wanna work with you, can you do these things? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. So end up, but it's because they, they saw who I was as a person. And I think those are opportunities out there if you have an authentic, engaging personality as a service provider or any type of business, you should be using social media, integrating it into your marketing. I think it's very important. It can, it can distract you, definitely, but I think it's important to understand how to use it. How much are you toying around on that thing? Uh, he starts fights on social media. I, I, I use social <laughs> I, media. I've, just, I've seen some. They're fantastic. <laughs> I, I just use social media to fuck around, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, you know, again, I'm uh, of an age that didn't even know what social media is. And I, I honestly, I don't understand. I have no understanding that you, I spend maybe 30 minutes a day on it. Maybe usually first thing in the morning, just to fuck with my friend, Carl. That, that's really what, it's what, what is, what is his, uh, his, his picture there? I don't know. I don't understand what that photo he has. Is this what they call that? The, his avatar? His avatar. Yeah. What I, is that? I, I think he's got the one that's from the George Orwell. Yeah. With their glasses or something. Yeah. That's, that's a guy that's, uh, <laughs> 1984. He seems like this ultra liberal, lovable liberal. He's uh, yeah. He's a really interesting. Likes, dude. To, we, likes to pull your strings. We've known each other for, we went to see the Rolling Stones together in 1972 at the International Amphitheater in the uh, Sticky Fingers tour. No, Exile on Main Street tour. That's how long we've been buddies. We're yeah. trying not to date ourselves on this. I was, I, I was, I'm sorry, I was minus five years old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I know. And, and David doesn't. Exile I have no idea what's happening. What the hell's going on? You guys are the Rolling Stones. Yeah, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, exactly. Did, so, did any of you find writing like long, longhand, like cathartic? Do you, does it do anything for you? Positive, yeah. negative? Yeah, I've written two books. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I, I figured there was a computer involved in that. It, it, mostly, they all started out. On, on uh, oh, yeah? yellow papers. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I I I used. To, I mean, I journal all the time. I started this year trying, so I have a different app. I started using a digital journal. I found because one, my hand just gets tired writing. Yeah. Like it literally does. Like, yeah. There's just I, I love writing, but I know I was just writing, and I'm like, oh, I don't write anymore. Like my hand hurts. Yeah. I I started journaling digitally this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and my th- I've gotten so much more out by doing that. Yeah, from an expediency uh, standpoint, you will certainly get things out quicker that way. It's not even the exp- it, it, it's just my brain is freer because when I'm when I'm writing, I'm really? thinking about writing like because I don't because oh. other than other than journaling every day, I'm not writing long form things. Time you're using a pencil, or I'm signing stuff. That's it. I'm not like writing like the. Yeah. Day is like I'm not. I'm not thinking about how letters are formed. When I'm writing, I'm like, okay, like my brain is is operating ten times faster than my hand is. Do you think there's any any validity in the idea that writing a long form like that, a long hand, mm-hmm. slows the process down? It's never causes me down. you to think a little differently. 
it's never i've been journaling I'm just throwing it yeah out no there. i mean I, it's never worked for me like i've been journaling for 10 years mm-hmm. and it's never slowed my brain down this is the first time i'm like i'm gonna try something different I found yeah. this new app i'm like oh like i actually i can type as fast as i think oh, yeah. yeah and i'm like oh like it's it's lining up i'm getting more thoughts out i'm thinking through things differently and it, it's changed the way i've journaled this year yeah one thing I've well, seen with, with writing yeah. is there's that tactile experience, uh-huh. right? And so for me, what it does, it kind of sets it in my memory better than if I'm typing. Yes. Yeah. So I have recall of it better. Mm-hmm. I've but, experienced but, but that, that's, too. But that's the only difference. Mm-hmm. It, and like Rocco says, I can type faster than I can write. Yeah. And the cool thing about typing or diddly putting it in there is I can read it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is also that is also the problem. I can't always read my handwriting. I'm like, what, what does that what word the say? Fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. But you did. Uh, so I actually, I just started heavily journaling this year. Um, I've done it in the past, but I, I free write on mine. They're not long excerpts or anything like that. So from the sta- you know, if, yeah. if I was really going to put a you know several page thing together and really get my thoughts clear. Then I would have to do it differently because it, mm-hmm. it does get annoying and I yeah. can't read mine that well. <laughs> um, but I I do get a therapeutic feel out of writing mm-hmm. my thoughts um, because as I'm writing them, I'm reading them. Mm-hmm. Versus when you're typing them, I don't need to I don't need yeah. to look yeah. at what I'm typing to type. So for me, I just genuinely enjoy the I'm writing this down about you know I'm doing something about gratitude right now and, and I have to do a two page thing for the weekend uh, for a summary of the week mm-hmm. and um, just literally watching the hand and writing it mm-hmm. and seeing the words come out there and come to come to real life something about it makes me look at those words and say all right I, this is awesome yeah it's a, <clears throat> for me. I have a a manic mind if I let myself go there. And the only way I can sometimes slow myself down enough to journal correctly is that pen to paper. It just slows my process down. Mm -hmm. Kind of like... uh, you know, podcasting for me to do it was just a slow life down. You know, no mm-hmm. devices, a couple people sitting in a room just talking yeah. to each other, which is kind of how we used to live. Mm-hmm. You know, same same thing, but here it's just slowing the thoughts being translated to the pen. I mean, that sounds kind of like, you know, esoteric, but there is something to, mm-hmm. for me, and putting some order to my thoughts that way, mm-hmm. where I'm more manic when I type because I can type so fast. That's always been like the one skill I've had is just typing insanely fast. Yeah, but that—that's more like I'm just spitting airing out on paper, and there's, that that can be healthy at times. But the order mm-hmm. comes with like the long hand, the connection between my brain and the pen. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, that's not an original thought. I mean, it was you know I've, I've, that always been the case with me, but I've ha- I've heard it. Uh, explain more eloquently and that's where I kind of picked it up people just say yeah there's something to that mm-hmm. you know I think that's why when you see some of these amazing authors that are like these world renowned authors they used an old manual typewriter mm-hmm. even when mm-hmm. the computers came because that was their you know that was their cathartic way of mm-hmm. slowing their brain down yeah. some and I think today with everything coming at us so fast I mean I think sometimes it might not him he's always go 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 but Sometimes it just, I think, to slow ourselves down mm-hmm. doesn't hurt. Right. You know, I don't know. I Gents, agree. I really appreciate this. It was good, man. It means a lot to me that the three of you would take time out of your, your day to do this. Sure. It means a lot course, to me. We appreciate you. Just cutting it up and, and yeah. just, uh, th- these are the kind of conversations which, you know, uh, I've been doing this for, what, four years now, practically. March will be four years. That's wow. hard to believe. Right? That's crazy. That's man. hard to believe. But uh, just a matter of, uh, 
we're not just doing this enough in society in general. Yeah. We're just yeah. not looking each other in the eye and having conversations that are not yep. about the matter at hand all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I, I appreciate all three of you very much for doing this. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you. As always. We're going to do, do it again. Yeah. Thanks, man. Friends, we're out.